0: Welcome to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio.
1: The presence of the Lord is in this place Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place
2: you would be finest words I know could not begin to tell
3: of this world When God will finally raise his sleeping children And they will meet their loved ones in the air And tears of joy will flood the streets of heaven Brother, I can't wait to see you there At God's face
0: Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio.
4: Have you sought me for yourself? Search for me and you will find That my arms are stretched so wide Full of love for you, my child I long for you to be With me for all eternity So the question remains do you really know me? I came from heaven's throne and became a human man. I came to show you God and who I really am. I died for To show you... Pain, some spoke in anger. Heard folks whisper, There's no place here. Don't be angry. To the sin that had me bound And I spent my days Poured my life without measure
0: Psalm 7 verse 17 I'll praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High.
2: El Shaddai, El eliona Adonai Age to age, you're still the same By the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai El Kana, Adonai We will praise and lift you high Through your love and through the ram you saved the son of Abraham Through the power of your hand You turned the sea into dry land To the outcast on her knees You were the God who really sees And by your might You set your children free Christ was new, though the people couldn't see what Messiah ought to be. Though your word contained the plan, they just could not understand. Your most awesome work was done through the frailty of your soul. Die Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Elyonah, Adonai, age to age, yours still the same, by the power of
0: Listening to Songs of Praise. I have heard all
5: the land on the far away strand in the Bible. Let's And mm-hmm. two.
0: you been listening to Songs of Praise, a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.
6: You are listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading. Today we are commencing a new book, Deeply Esteemed, The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. The reader is Dr Barry Harker, the author and also the grandson of Pastor Harold Harker, the subject of the book. Here is
7: our reader. Hello there. I'm Dr Barry Harker. The book that I am reading was published in 2009, which was the centenary of my grandfather's call to ministry in the Seventh day Adventist Church. My grandfather was born in England, grew up in New Zealand, but spent most of his life in Australia. Harold Cecil Knightley Harker was not a tall man, but he was devoted to gospel ministry, and very energetic. One of his contemporaries described Harold as that zealous apostle. I wrote the biography of my grandfather mostly for my family, and as a gift to my father, who has since died. The result is a biography that I hope does justice to a man who was loved and revered within his family and church. I have kept the narrative as simple as possible to allow Harold's words and actions to speak for themselves. What emerges is a man of faith and courage who chiefly overcame obstacles and difficulties to fulfil his call to pastoral evangelism. When my grandfather began his denominational service in New Zealand in 1897, Queen Victoria was a British sovereign, powered flight was in the future, and Australia, where he was to minister for most of his life, was a collection of self-governing British colonies. When he laid down his spiritual armour in 1963, two devastating world wars had taken place, the Space Age had dawned, and the Cuban Missile Crisis was receding into history. One of Harold's favourite themes was the way in which the Lord helped his people, and it's fitting that he was able to experience the providences of God in so many remarkable ways, in a period characterised by the rapid growth of the Seventh-day Adventist church into a worldwide presence. Whether or not you share Harold's faith, I hope that you'll enjoy the story of a man who lived his faith and left this world a better place. Chapter 1. Distant Shores William Harker paced the floor. The sound of the deadly undertow sucking back the pebbles on Chesel Beach rhythmically punctuated the silence. A baby's cry from an adjoining room startled William. A few minutes later, the door opened and the doctor appeared. "'It's a boy, Mr Harker. Mother and baby are well. You can see them now.' "'Thank you, Dr William,' replied. "'Look, William, he has blue eyes.' Elizabeth spoke to her husband softly as he picked up the little boy. "'Yes, and they have a touch of grey too,' William mused as he cradled his new son in his arms." He is a fine baby. The children will love him, Elizabeth added. Yes, I'm sure they will welcome little Harold to the family, William responded. It is December 12, 1877, at Clearmount in the village of Wyke Regis, Dorset, England. Harold Cecil Knightley Harker is William and Elizabeth Harker's sixth child. Harold was soon presented to his sisters Florence, Leela and Laura. His brothers Malcolm and George and to Lillian, Ellen and Reginald, William's children from a former marriage. The children were excited to have another boy in the family, and Harold was accepted at once. The following year passed quietly for the Harker family. Another addition to the family was expected in January 1879. When the time for the birth arrived, Elizabeth experienced a long and difficult labour. The doctor came to the room where William waited, Your wife has given birth to twins, Mr. Harker. Only one baby has survived, a boy, and your wife has experienced complications. Will Elizabeth come through this, Dr. William asked. I'm not hopeful, Mr. Harker. Your wife wants to see you. Spend as much time with her as you can. Elizabeth died a week later. Her death shattered the family and left William with their seven young children in his care, the oldest being seven years of age. Harold was little more than a year old when his younger brother Alfred Norman Knightley was born. Alfred soon became known by his second name, Norman, and Harold loved to play with his younger brother. In time, William arranged for the children to go to boarding schools operated by the High Church of England. Florence, Leela, Laura, Malcolm, Harold and Norman were enrolled in St Agnes School, part of St Margaret's Anglican Convent in East Grinstead, Sussex. East Grinstead is south of London. It was difficult for these children to be deprived of their mother and now they had to bear the additional loss of daily contact with their father. They became especially close as they tried to preserve some sense of their family identity in such forbidding circumstances. Lillian was also at St Agnes and being a few years older than Florence helped to care for the younger children. William felt the need for a complete change after Elizabeth's death. He had lived abroad with his family previously. Two of William and Elizabeth's daughters were born during these absences from England. Leela was born in France and Laura was born in the Channel Islands. William, a gentleman, was a colonial broker. His father, George, was a rich spice merchant with helpful connections. William thought that a new life in the British dominion of New Zealand would be ideal. He resolved to migrate there. William went ahead of his children and arrived in New Zealand in 1881 and settled in Napier, Hawke's Bay, on the eastern side of the North Island. He lived at Harwarden Cottage and wasted no time in becoming a part of the Napier community. William played cricket for the Patani Cricket Club, later becoming its chairman. In September 1882, William became secretary of the Napier Hospital Board he also became vice-president of the Working Men's Political Association. On August 23, 1884, William married Gertrude Sheath at Rangiora, North Canterbury, in the South Island of New Zealand. Meanwhile, in England, Malcolm, Harold, Norman, Florence, Leela and Laura were receiving a thorough religious education. Malcolm, Harold and Norman were made altar boys, dressed in red robes to their ankles, and white lace ones to their knees. One of their duties was to carry incense to the officiating priest. The services were very solemn, and Harold was attracted to the hymns and chants. St Margaret's Convent was established in 1855 by John Mason Neal, a leader in the Anglo-Catholic movement in the Church of England. Neal wrote the famous Christmas carol, Good King Wenceslas. Harold was taught the Bible, and the Bible only, is the religion of Protestants. His attention was drawn to the sixth article of the Book of Common Prayer, Holy Scripture containeth all things necessary to salvation, so that whatsoever is not read therein, nor may be proved thereby, is not to be required of any man, that it should be believed as an article of faith, or be thought requisite or necessary to salvation." Harold developed a profound respect for the Bible and its teachings. From the Book of Common Prayer, Harold was also taught the sacred obligation of the Christian to the Ten Commandments. As a chorister, Harold responded to the recited precepts, Lord, have mercy upon us, and write all these laws in our hearts we beseech thee. Harold was deeply impressed as the presiding clergyman left his desk and proceeded to the altar to rehearse God's holy law the small boy with curly hair was drawn to religious observances. Despite the loss of their family life, the children's lives were not deprived of all enjoyment. They were treated well at St Agnes' school and received visits from close relatives. Their aunties took them to France during the summer holidays. Florence, Leela and Laura were very protective of their younger brothers and the bonds between the children continued to grow stronger. Finally, the time came for the children to join William in New Zealand. In 1885, in the care of an English lady, Harold and his brothers and sisters made the trip to New Zealand on the four-masted steamer, Ionic. The large party of children and their governess boarded Ionic at Gravesend on the River Thames. Ionic called into Plymouth before beginning the 12,000-mile trip to New Zealand with her 400 passengers. At 440 feet, or 130 metres long, Ionic was the largest and fastest ship on the run between England and New Zealand. The children watched wistfully as England receded from view, sad to leave all that was familiar to them, but excited by the long sea voyage that lay ahead and the thought of reunion with their father. Every day brought new wonders to light and the boys were fascinated by the ship. Ionic had beautiful lines and punched through the water at a steady 12.5 knots, reaching the Canary Islands in a week and staying in the port at Tenerife for a few hours before resuming the voyage. The two large double-cylindered engines and twin screws kept the Ionic steaming rapidly south, past the equator and towards South Africa. Three weeks into the journey, Ionic rounded the Cape of Good Hope and into the latitude of the Roaring Forties. With the prevailing winds at her back, Ionic took just three more weeks to reach New Zealand. There were joyous embraces as the children were reunited with William. The reunion in New Zealand marked the beginning of a period of happiness and stability for the children. Gertrude proved to be a good stepmother, and the children were drawn to her. Although a strict Roman Catholic, Gertrude allowed the children to attend the Church of England. The children adapted to New Zealand readily. The green countryside was similar to England and there were familiar British faces everywhere, although the Maoris proved an endless source of fascination for the children. More than a century before, Captain James Cook visited New Zealand and his frequent contact with Maoris led him to conclude that colonisation of New Zealand would present significant challenges. Cook's assessment proved correct and Maori culture remained strong in the late 19th century, despite white settlement. William and Gertrude enrolled the younger children at the Napier District School and they settled in quickly. In December 1885, Florence, Leela, Laura, George and Harold received prizes at the Napier District School prize-giving. Harold turned eight that month. So much had happened in Harold's short life. The loss of his mother, the years at St. Agnes School, holidays in France and now a new life in a country thousands of miles from England. Yet Harold retained a cheerful disposition and continued to enjoy services at the Church of England. Life soon changed again with another addition to the household. On October 30, 1886, William and Gertrude's first child, a son, was born. William taught the children chess and all played to a high standard. George later became a prominent chess and drafts player before his untimely death in 1914. William continued his interests in business and politics. As the children reached their teens, they were expected to leave home and earn their own living. Florence was the first to leave. Florence was followed in turn by Leela, Laura, Malcolm and George. When it came time for Harold to leave school and commence work, he found a position maintaining and polishing harness. It brought Harold into close contact with horses, and ever after he retained a love of these magnificent animals. The vigorous exercise filled out his developing frame as he grew into a young man. The bonds between the children remained strong, and they kept in touch with each other. The boys played chess, often late into the night. Harold turned 15 in December 1892 and continued to attend the Church of England, which had played such an important role in his early life. Little did he realise how soon things were to change dramatically in his life.
6: Don't forget to tune in next time for the next chapter of Deeply Esteemed, the life and ministry of H.C.K. Harker. If you have any questions or comments in relation to today's programme? You can call 3abn Australia Radio within Australia on 02 4973 3456 or from outside of Australia on country code 612 4973 3456. Our email address is radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. That is radio at the number 3 abn australia all one word .org.au Our postal address is 3abn australia inc PO box 752 Morissette, New South Wales 2264 Australia Thank you for your prayers and financial support
0: listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift.
8: Today I would like to share with you the very first psalm, a short psalm of only six verses and it reads like this, Joyful is the man who does not walk where ungodly people walk, nor does he stand in the path where sinners are found, nor does he sit in the seat of the scornful. Instead, God's law is his supreme delight and he ponders it in the day and when he goes to his rest. He can be compared to a widespreading tree that is thriving beside a watercourse which produces an abundance of fruit in its season and whose leaf shall not show any signs of decay. God shall bless this man and he shall prosper. It is entirely different with the ungodly, for they are like the waste stalks of the field after harvest, driven away by the wind. Therefore, the wicked shall succumb in the judgment day and will never be seen where the righteous gather. The way of the righteous is in God's care, whereas the wicked will vanish without a trace."